I bet you I can lap this suit on 15 seconds. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Let's go. That was the Kid Miro. I'm Michelle Beadle. Tune into our new Formula One show, Fast and Loose Sidecast. We go live on AMP every race Sunday. Boom! Three seconds to go. Download AMP and follow us at AMP Presents F1 on AMP. You can even be poor if that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and welcome to what will be the pilot episode of The 33% Majority. Uh, This is a talk show where you'll find three friends fighting for their 15 minutes of fame. I'm your host, the real host, Tom Hutchinson. That's where you're wrong. I'm the host, Ashley Hall. No, I'm the host, Alex Springthorpe. So this show was born from the three of us wanting to do a podcast together and having just no idea what to do. Uh, Apropos to that, we decided we'd each host our own little segment where we each get our own 15 minutes of fame to bring whatever we want to the table. Now, guys, what I'd like to start off with is, um, I'm in a bit of a pickle and I need some advice. Ash, you're something of a mechanical engineering whiz. Um, what you don't know about mechanics and engineering just simply isn't worth knowing. Oh, absolutely. Truly, that is the case. And Tom, I've seen you. I've, I've seen you do it. You were sat there cool as a cucumber driving about in a car. And I think that makes the two of you the perfect people to help me choose my first car. Where do Ooh. I start? Have you thought about motorcycles? What? No, but have you tried motorcycles before? Have you actually tried riding a motorcycle? Which one's a motorcycle? Two wheels. It's a car wheel. with two wheels. It's the half car. Ah, the lesser known fully over car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yes, uh, I, I am, I'm quite the accomplished fully over car operator. Okay, so you want four wheels now. You, you've, you've done two and you want to graduate to four. The stopping at traffic lights is difficult because of the falling over. The torrential downpour that gets inside of all of my clothing and orifices is too much for me now. My bones are old, I am frail, and I'm frightened of falling off and doing murder to myself. So yeah, more wheels, more windscreens, better comforts, please. Well, as far as I was aware, though, like after you'd done two wheels, you had to go to to three. And so have you thought about like sort of somewhere in between? I, I swear there is a three wheeled car. It was on a really famous. Yeah. You could have a Reliant Robin. Yeah, Reliant Robin. Yeah. Immaculate. Plastic yeah, exactly. pig, baby. Get rolling. You can park it in the same place that you park a mo- motorcycle, right? Here is a fun fact. The Reliant Robin was initially designed for motorcycle riding miners to get to work every day, and you only needed a motorcycle license to operate one. Oh, How's there that? you go. There you go. So perfect Doesn't apply you. anymore, though, so... Oh, okay. Doesn't right. apply. Well, less and less yeah. coal miners in the UK. Thanks, Margaret. Mm. <laughs> God, what a horrible so, woman. Um, See, Ashley, you, you are a motorcycle boy and you're in a very similar position to me where we are both just waiting for our driving tests. Yes, Thanks, sir. Rona. Thanks. Thanks, Rona. Tom, you've been a graduate of getting about with many wheels for several years now. Mm-hmm. What, what's important when it comes to buying a car? Okay. More miles is better, obviously, because it's more trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to, if I'm totally honest with you, I think the most important aspect of buying a car mm-hmm. is making sure that you can plug your phone into it to play your tunes. That's true. You yeah. don't want to be stuck listening to okay. like BBC Radio 4 where they do a play and it's just them doing the voices and then some guy with some coconuts doing horse noises in the background, <laughs> which is a job I've applied for four times and been rejected each time. 
Hence, you've decided I mean, that to go just into sounds podcasting. like a podcast. So. Yeah, yeah, podcast. <laughs> Hang on a second, they're on to us. No. Um, so yeah, I think that like don't ever fit one aftermarket because they suck. And Halfords will do their best, but if you sit with them, you will probably end up doing majority of the work anyway, and it will probably fall out. So oh, okay. yeah, a fitted one is is better in every way. Also, a okay. good good okay. place to hang a hair a hair freshener. I'm, I meant that air without freshener. the H. Sand the H. Sands the H. An air freshener. Good sand, places. Sand H hair freshener. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What else? Um, you should just buy a van. I've I've just bought a Vauxhall Combo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mate. It's uh, cheap as chips. Okay, I'm going to stop you there, buddy, because a combo is just a Corsa that got ahead of itself. <laughs> it's a com. It's a Corsa with big ideas. Okay. It's a Listen. Corsa that looked at a ladder and went, "Yeah, I reckon." Come on, get in. When I get to a certain amount of uh, of space in the back of that van, which I will, because it only needs to fit me and my beloved partner into it, we'll be in your back garden lowering the house values and taking all the scrap out of your house. So don't get too cocky, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was that or dog napping, and I'm, I'm allergic, so... Are you actually allergic to dogs? No, I just wanted people to think that I wasn't, so that when I start dog snatching, no one will suspect me. Oh, it couldn't have been. Ah. Oh, she's, he's allergic to dogs. I heard it on his podcast. There you go. Dog nap she wrote. Uh, <laughs> listeners, pretend you didn't hear that. We'll all move on from there. Yeah, studio audience. Yeah, avert, avert your eyes. Pretend you, pretend you weren't here for that little five-minute segment. Dog nap just sounds sweet and lovely. <laughs> it oh, does. Oh, what are you doing look? tonight? Oh, I'm just having a little dog nap, you know, just a little, little snoozy woos. I'm going to find a nice little sleep spot. I'm going to do some spinning round and then I'm going to get cozy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a warm space, just curl up and occasionally I'm going to fart and you'll not be able to blame it on me because it's now so cliche. I might wake up intermittently and lick my balls for a while as well. Um, but then I'll if just I go straight back to sleep. Balls, if you could be hearing it right now, just the... <laughs> just the sound of Ashley gently lapping away at his own scrotum. Just the sound mm, of a yum. gluck gluck 3000 I just feel on. like sucking your own dick <laughs> would feel more like sucking a dick than having your dick sucked. These are some challenging concepts. That's like, I feel like Chekhov said that or somebody or like that's a literary device, surely. Yeah, this is uh, it's it's all a metaphor for the desperation of men. <laughs> I managed to lick the tip once. No way. <laughs> Yeah, That's and you've, immortal- you've immortalized it into podcast history now. Well done, well done, Alex. Yeah, in- yeah. into episode it. one of all things. So I-, yeah. I think it says more about our listeners than it does us because <laughs> if they're still listening after that, Jesus. Yeah, you've really committed to uh, committed to the licking of the balls. Uh, I feel like we've all committed to the licking of the balls, but actually managing the tip is you should mm. be. In It'd Ripley's probably be easier if we all just took it in turns to lick each other's balls. Yeah. I could definitely reach Ash's balls much. I- I'd be able to do that with more ease than my own. Alex, I'd, I'd just like to tiptoe. I'd just like to highlight though that we were talking about buying cars and we've somehow gotten onto the topic of licking each other's yeah. balls. I I'm gonna get the bus, so don't worry about cars. Um yeah, I could lick Ash's scrotum, Ash could lick yours, and you could lick mine, Tom. Think of the efficiency and the time saving. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not hundred percent convinced. It's a synergetic just yet. approach yeah, to I'm like three way boy fellatio. Yeah, I get I get I, I, we're on to fellatio. I, we're saying scrotum. I, um it's it's the other one, isn't it? Yeah, I get, I get it. Like, I, I get, I get what you're sort of throwing out there. I'm picking it up, but I don't know yeah. if I'm necessarily on uh-huh. board just yet. Maybe we could go back to the cars, touch on oh, the ball, licking later. What you watch, me and Ash will... 
me and Ash will get yeah. the balls rolling. Um, you can just watch while while and we can all just see if it's for us. Eventually, you'll feel awkward watching, and you'll just have to join in. Oh god, you know, it's I, like I when hate you this. see a queue for a shop, and you you're, t- you're already committed. You can't turn around and leave the queue because there's someone behind you now. This, this is radio hell. This is hell for me. What about Look, a diesel Ford Focus? Would that be good? I think you need to focus on the horses. How many horses are inside the car? That's a, I think a really important thing. How You'd many horses fit, it's like, got? A horse and a half in that. Two car. in the front, three in the back. You can double it if there's room to stack. Are you allowed to blend the horses before you put them in? I don't really know how it works. Engines have horses in them. That's all I know. So, however they get them in there, the more the better. Uh huh. Okay. Up, yeah, I think that works as well. So, so we're on to we're on to performance. What? What? What impacts the performance? How do you get the ponies inside of the engine? Because I want lots uh, of them. Forced, forced induction, but with like a... It's a big fucking funnel full of hay, and you just force hay into the horse, and you get more power out of it. It's forced induction. Yeah, good idea. Let's disregard the idea of engines entirely, and I want a car that's run by a pony. Yeah. How do I force hay inside of the honey? Inside of the honey? Ha- you said honey, dude. Yeah, the horse pony. <laughs> horse pony is honey. Get with the program. Get okay, with the okay. horse pony, so, pony show. It's a one-trick pony. So I think a series of mechanisms and levers to kind of yeah, just jam, get just jam the hay inside of the crunch the, that hay, you crunch pony, and do hay. a big run. You could pre-digest it for them and then just have like it'd be like Weetabix, you know, yeah, like baby Weetabix in the bowl too long. Okay, I I think the idea of pre-digestion, pre-digestion is. There are going to be some animal welfare, welfare concerns, aren't there? Most likely, yeah, yes. But it's, I bet they're feeding like cows, other cows, to make them extra beefy. Beef squared. <laughs> beef squared. Hmm. What do we think to beef it's squared beef as a concept? All the way down. <laughs> you thought it was. I mean, I'm end. not set on the 33% majority. If you want to change it to beef squared, I'm, I'm down. Beef squared sounds like we're just going to argue the whole time. Which I don't think is accurate, because for the most part, we're now agreeing that we should just be force-feeding hay into horses to go faster. And no one's, there's no argument against it, and I think it's going to work. I mean, the alternative is, instead of like that sort of uh, increase in performance, you could just... <sighs> what I'm trying to say, how do you motivate a horse? How are we on With horses? Pain. No, don't do that. That's, that's terrible. No. I feel bad saying that. Please don't. Please, no. Don't motivate your horses <laughs> um, with pain. A motto, the promise of the promise of meadows. Uh, a carrot on a stick. So maybe you just get a really good carrot on a stick. A yum. Like essentially, a just think carrot. of the best, the tastiest carrot you can imagine, or not you, the tastiest carrot a horse could imagine. Horses are are horses stupid or are they intelligent? I think it's somewhere in the how, middle. How smart is a horse? They they are the freest creature in the world, and yet they cho they choose to be captive and take people to market, and you you could run very good and very fast, but instead, no. So I think so far we've got Bluetooth radio professionally installed, hopefully factory installed. Yeah. Many ponies, many successfully motivated ponies. What mm-hmm. else is important when it comes to car ownership? Actually, do I need do I need to have material concerns? I, I don't want an unreliable vehicle here. Get a Morris Minor. It's got wood panelling. <laughs> Ooh. It's got wood panelling. You panelling. never hear a bad Nothing thing about wood. Nothing says quality like wood. Uh, I say this mm. as a man speaking to you from a, a desk that he made himself on a mouse mat that I made out of wood that whoa, works whoa, whoa, perfectly. Whoa, whoa. Hang on. 
what I'm hearing here, Ashley, is you, and by the way, yes, of course, I accept, are going to build me a car from wood. I just think it might be the way to do it. Listen, uh, Audi, uh, BMW, other fantastic German car makers, lube up, mate, because I'm coming in there with some sweet wood. Yeah, listen here, Bavarian Motorworks. It's time for... What would you call your car company? Ashley. Uh, Ashley. Uh, Ashley's good cars. It, it's pressure now. Uh, Ashley's good cars. Ashley's good cars. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first advertisement sector segment sponsored by Ashley's good cars. <laughs> you won't find better quality outside of a tree. We'll give you wood. Wait. I'm yeah, sorry. no, that's yeah. it. That's it. No, that's it. You did it. You nailed it. You literally beat marketing. You won it. You won it. It's great. <laughs> Somebody call Elon. Tell him I'm available. <laughs> people ask us all the time are our cars sustainable yeah they're okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're no. absolutely pine thank you they leaf other cars in the dust in the sawdust <laughs> hey. welcome to the Italian branch of Ashley's Good Cars people ask me all the time are they lovely cars? Well, they make me sicker more than most. <laughs> oh my god, no. I hate that. that that's borderline uh, an attack there. I feel victimized. <laughs> I hate Sorry how proud you are of this. <laughs> I do like that. The like... is, is me and Tom just let that happen. We knew the build up was there and we knew it was going to be shit and we just thought, you know what? Cool. This you is. It's like we stood there and watched a car crash. We knew it yep, was going to yep. happen and nobody nobody put the brakes Luckily, on. Luckily, all went, yeah, of the participants were unscathed because they were riding in style, comfort and safety. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley's Good Cars. We're still in the advert. We never left. Oh, it's Ashley's Good Cars, a car that you can rely on. Uh, now, that's just words, isn't it? That wasn't a pun. I yeah, that was just nothing. There, I was going to fall into a pun, but I didn't. Tom, would you like to be host for a most, most s, most so you you so so essentially that that is to say that for episode one, the pilot of our very important podcast, you've planned nothing. Do you remember that time I've been on holiday all week and been like that? That's my segment. Let me talk to you about. Oh, I've had districts. no chance. Oh, I've been re- relaxing by the water. I've had no chance whatsoever to have a quick five minute think about the podcast I care about so very much. Even on just the journey home. Even on the journey home, I didn't. I, I couldn't possibly have dedicated any brain power of a, a one-litre Lupo on the motorway, my friend. If, if there's only one thing I was concentrating on, and that's survival. Okay, <laughs> Pic- picture me, picture me, if you will, knife between my teeth, hanging from the door like some kind of high seas motorway pirate, uh, just trying to break into the truck in front of me to get some sweet, sweet space to stretch my legs and work on my thing for the podcast this week. But okay, so, you've, so, so you got nothing. In the motorway. Uh, so you got I, nothing. Uh, we have... we can help you brainstorm. What what we can yeah we can help you come up with your segment yeah. What things do I like? I like. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about me as a person and my failure oh. to prepare. I like wood, but not in the way that you think I do. Uh, I like like pine. We've done wood now. Wood, We've done wood's wood. Old. I'm fed up a wood. wood I'm is... fed up a wood. I've heard it all now. Woods out. Why metals haven't in. scientists made yeah. wood? Why why have we got so many good materials, but we have no substitute for wood, which is the best? Nah, yeah. Like, Bringing the alloys. Have you heard of metal? 
<laughs> yeah, but I you mean, can't like wood's I mean, cooler than I mean, metal. actually, we have literally just been having a conversation about a car made of wood, and let me look outside. Oh yeah, they're all made of metal now. <laughs> wood sucks. Wood sucks. That's some strong wording. What about? We got you riled and, up. And... Go on, tell me why it's good. Tell me why it's good. Tell me why it's good. Because it has grain and character, and every single tree is different. Even shitty little trees like pines. Any pine, if you're listening to this, get fucked. You'll never be oak. All right. Stop pretending. Deal with it. Well, hang on. That started off so positive for pine, <laughs> and then you just pine. Them it's, down. it's fast growing, but it's a soft. It's soft. It's useful for lots of things. Don't get me wrong, but like when it comes to beautiful stuff. Yeah, you got you got to have something like to throw straight into the trash. In the trash. Take your IKEA furniture and burn it. Make your furniture, homies. Make your own furniture. It's amazing. It's easy. Um, we, we've done wood. We did wood in my section. I'm the wood boy now and will forever be known as the wood boy. You've lost your hobby. Um, this is the worst thing. What day else ever. do we know about Ashley? Um, he's quite politically charged, Tom. Oh, quite politically charged. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a pop at someone last night for being a landlord before they... Re- they didn't tell me right at first. So we had this like long conversation, me and my next door neighbour's friend, uh, who will remain nameless, but he's quite muscular. He's taller than I am and he always talks about the, all the fights he's been in. He's a very scary guy. And I was saying that if your job, and landlords, if you're listening, I, I mean this, uh, inbox me and tell me why I'm wrong and I'll, uh, I'll correct you some more. If your job is to own somebody else's house, something's wrong. If your existence yeah. is to own 17 houses and you're like, oh, I provide maintenance. Sir, if they were paying the mortgage price and not the overcharged rent that most places charge, I think you'd find they'd be able to afford the maintenance themselves. Which Most definitely. So, I, but like, this is what I said. Landlords to this guy do last have night. their own problems. Yeah, like, oh, oh, no, I own someone else's, someone else, someone else's house. You wouldn't have oh, those problems if you just friggin' you know, egg. Where, do, where am I going to put all of these keys? That's <laughs> people who sell key rings. You're actually the real victim here. Is the landlord oh, who is being sold key rings? Sorry, I can't, I can't come into work today. I'm too busy controlling wealth. Yep, yep, uh, yep, guys. Yep. Oh, I've got a leak. One of my tenants has got a leak in their roof. Uh, it's all right, though, because they've been paying £150 more a month for the last five years. I'll pay someone 200 quid to fix it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, I am opposed to your views on this, though. And, and Tom, you are agreeing an awful lot. I'm totally opposed to it. Because, like, what's... Like, who's the issue with? Because it's surely not with landlords. Surely it's with no, the system no, of it's home, the system. home ownership. Because, yeah, like, absolutely. if I work very hard and I buy many houses, I've got, yeah, sure, I can provide a service there. If you want to live in my house, I'm not going to charge you any deposit there because that's what you'd have to do to live in a rented... Uh, to buy your own house is to pay a deposit on the mortgage. I've done it for you. You just pay me an increased fee. I'll cover all of your maintenance. It's happy days. If you don't want to do it, it's all right. Fuck off. Go live back at home. Save so up it's... some money. Work harder. Buy your own house. I think work you, you, hard a bit doesn't doesn't pay off like that because in a lot of the situations, especially now, you know, in the last two years, nobody's going to be in a position. Or at least, no, none of the lower class people are going to be in a position where they can really get into the property ladder because obviously they've been laid off from work or they have low skilled jobs that don't pay a lot. No, that's that's untrue. That's untrue entirely. All three of us have been employed throughout the pandemic. We've not been a- affected at all. Yeah, but the we three, are. Yeah, the three of us. Made, made, the three of yeah, us. Yeah, we're we're a minority. A lot of people. Um, a lot of people have been yeah a lot less fortunate and have and have lost jobs. And I think you are right in the sense, Alex, that I can't directly blame a landlord for not taking like, advantage of a good system for them. The, which is not the, the, the system. Yeah, the system exists to support them, much like with a lot of what the current government does it helps rich people continue to be rich or get richer 
Um, so I think my beef really is with allowing house prices to increase uh, not in line with inflation. They've just absolutely snowballed to a price that's just unmanageable for a lot of first time buyers. Um, which, by the way, if anybody over the age of sort of 40 tells you that you need to get onto the property ladder because that's what they did and they made a good investment, they've just lied because house prices were peanuts back then. Um, but also at the same time, um, it's really the fault of the government for allowing landlords. Surely, to set their but own that system, rent. though, that, 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 um, yeah, if we're kind of blaming the government there, surely it's a somewhat flawed argument on the basis that that system just encourages people to strive for more. If things cost more, do right. more, earn more, yeah. and then you can get your own it's version not... of the thing to have. But house prices have gone up, yeah, because of supply and demand, because somebody pay, is able to pay, pay that for the price. Work and you hasn't can't... gone up equal to it. I mean, if you look at the cost of a loaf of bread 10 years ago versus the wage 10 yeah. years ago, it doesn't measure up. Mm. You don't you don't get as much for your money. And that goes in everything, in the property market. And people saying, oh, well, just work harder. A lot of people aren't in a position to say, okay, I'm going to quit my job and get an education because I'm in a position where my rent is paid or X or Y or Z. I'll improve myself as a person as and as an, a potential employer, an employee, sorry, by going to this college. For instance, me, I could not afford now to take two weeks off work, much less any longer than that, to gain any qualifications, to gain more gainful employment. All I can do is put the time at my current place, which does not pay a great deal. Now, that's not for everybody, and I'm very lucky in the fact that I've never been out of work for more than three weeks, ever, because I, I truly believe that if you are willing to work, there is work there for everybody. Definitely. The problem with landlords is Agreed. not with landlords. Yeah. It, it comes from this place of, while ever you own four houses and you're renting them, those are three houses, besides the one that you live in, that aren't going to belong to anybody but you. And then when you die, you leave it to your kids and they sell it, which is great, it's wonderful. But by that point, yes, you and yours have succeeded, but three people have not had the opportunity to buy a house. And then as a result of that, if you times that by the amount of landlords in the country, my point is the gentleman in question essentially owns three properties, the home he lives in, and then he rents out two. Now, he's a good landlord. He's on time with his maintenance, which is brilliant. Mm -hmm. He makes sure that they're looked after and he doesn't fuck people around. Maybe in that in that minute, that's okay. But when you move to the scale of some people, I used to work at a, a notorious tech repair place, and we had a woman who had 17 properties. Her job was to make sure that they had a running washing machine, hot water, cold water, uh, gas and electric. Now, I'm sure that's difficult, but the money she was on is insane. Just insane. That's 17, 16 houses that are just... I know that you're going to say that, oh, well, she earned her way up to that. For sure, but why... No, 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 no. I'm wanting to put a spin on it, if if you'll allow me, because we are... The three of us, we are in unique positions, because Ashley, you and I rent. Tom, you rent, but you do own a home. Yes, I do. You are on the ladder in some some regard. Mm -hmm. Um. But by the sounds of it, all of the issues come down to lack of opportunity. And actually, I've, I've heard you make this point before where landlords charging an ink, like a, a premium on top of their mortgage payment to tenants restricts tenants to save up and get that deposit for their mortgage. Uh, and so are stuck in a, the perpetual state of renting because you yes. can't hoard the capital in, in order to get a mortgage. So how about this? What What about we, as in me, you and you, set up an organization and we help people get a house and what what we do is we 
we'll buy a block of flats or a big old house and you can come and stay in our house and you know all of the expense all of the expenses are split equally across many people and the conditions are somewhat rough but everybody's in it because you know hey it's cheap as fucking shit chips here just hoard money and then you can buy a house and we wouldn't profit off it it's just that i'm gonna save the world and this is how i'm gonna do it you've described you've just described communism yeah sounds like it'd work (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like it works to keep those people in because like a bloody great those people idea. then have you know they've got nothing going on but work and being at home with family or being at home with partner so they just have five or six fucking kids because they've got no space to make stuff and, and learn things there's no drill to be better there's no it's, it's not a it's not a permanent move it's just that I, I would quite happily i would fucking i would streamline my life now if i knew that for one year i could go with very little stuff you know very little room it's just me and my fiance in a, a studio flat with no stuff if i knew that within six months a year all of the money saved would be going into a pot and and we could move out i'd be happy with that i'm just there's nothing stopping me from doing that right now. I'm just quite happy with where my life is currently. So here's the thing. I, like, I, I see where you're coming from, but what a lot of people don't consider when they sort of describe those sort of ideas is that despite what a lot of people might think, socialising and doing things and spending money on things that you enjoy should not be treated as something um, that only people of money can do so for example if i'm saving for a house that means that no 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 i can't i can't go out and enjoy myself i can't do anything i can't treat myself to anything at all so i'm sort of very much of the opinion that you should still be able to live your life buy nice food go to restaurants but still be able to afford a house. So I see where you're coming from. At this point, we're just talking about decisions. This isn't a structure. This isn't like a a, a government-mandated ruling that you must... But it's the way that the world is. But like, if if I suddenly decided I'm I'm cram-saving for a house now, guys, I can't do anything, you wouldn't go, God, you're so oppressed you are. I can't believe no, this is an outrage. You have a right to go out for dinner in a restaurant. To have no, nice I'm things. just prioritising my own shit. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a wonderful... You're in a position where you can do that, which is wonderful. A lot of people... You know what the worst thing in the world, and this is this relates back to what Tom was saying, and, and how this is viewed socially. And move it, like, staying on, on topic with, with landlords and homeowning and, and this kind of thing, but just poverty in general and how it's treated. Whenever you see a homeless person with a fucking smartphone, somebody in your friendship group or your family or somebody that you know mm-hmm. or people that I know will be like, oh, well, they can't be that poor if they've got a phone. Why do you want people to not have things to prove that they deserve your help? Yeah. Just fucking help people. Be Only kind. 17 properties. Homie, I know that you're renting them out and that's what you've made your career on and that you're, you're doing great and your kids are going to succeed. 17 houses just not on the market, not available, going up in price every single year as the property ladder fucks more and more people. And I know that you can choose to basically make yourself into a hermit and save the money and buy a house. I don't want people to have to suffer more than is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Alex, you, you, you know me very well and you know that I've, I've been homeless and I've been borderline homeless mm. for a long period in my life. And it is never because I was not working. It's never because I was not trying. Mm. I see people okay, my age. So, so there are flaws listeners. in the system. Um, Massive flaws. There are flaws in the system then. How 
how would you propose they are changed? Because I, I, I have a very easy I don't fix. Think, I don't think the system is flawed, if I'm honest. I think this works. If people want to decide to buy a house, it's not... You know, it's not a given. You don't have to buy a house. No one's telling you to do it. If you want to, this is what you've got to do. But it's, yeah, got to, but it's in the language of the world. Streamline People your life go, oh, it. do you own your house or are you just renting? The fuck do you mean by just, mate? It's a perfectly legitimate choice. Are you just, oh, mm. you're just renting? It's so insidious that yeah. people see it as lower class. And there is that divide between people that know they will one day own a house and people that think, I will never own a house. You see, and this is the thing, though, right? So by me saying that, you know, the idea around landlords and how it's done at the moment is not me saying that renting shouldn't exist, because I do think that there are benefits to renting. However, it should be an intrinsic fact that renting should be cheaper than owning a house. And so therefore, if a landlord's... to owning a house. Yes, exactly. So therefore, if a landlord's mortgage is £500 a month right? I feel as though it should be illegal, wrong, immoral even, to charge somebody any more than what is what their mortgage payments are. So therefore, uh, landlording cannot be your only job. If you own a house and you wish to rent it out, you, you can do that and you should be able to do that. But at that same time, if your mortgage payments are £500 a month, you should only be charging somebody 400 The large majority of it, yeah. because they are living in your house, but at the same time, I feel as though they should still have to have an income to cover the rest of it, you know? The statement that everybody deserves a roof over their head shouldn't be a radical statement. Everybody should be entitled to a house. And not mm-hmm. just people going, oh, oh, well, but the British citizens should all be given houses, these people coming here and being given houses. Hell yeah, my guy. Hell yeah. The yeah. other people suffering are not your fucking enemy. You know when you hear people say, oh, well, I'm paying this, but they're getting it for free? Homie, question why you're paying that much and they're getting it for free. Don't question it because they're getting it. Question it because you're not being yes. given the same... It's fucking ridiculous. It's like seeing somebody else at a restaurant eating cake. The waiter saying, you can't have any cake, and you going over and kicking the fuck out of the person eating cake. Homie, they've got it, you haven't. It's not because of them, it's because of the fucking system. It's because but of the restaurant, if you saw somebody yes. with 17 cakes, and you were starving, and they said, oh, you can have a cake, uh, it cost me £1, I would like £2.50 for it, and I'd like you to eat it in segments, but I'll never give you the full cake, you can have a little bit as and when. Homie, just give me the fucking cake. Homie, people are suffering. People are out mm. in the fucking cold. And not just... And I also hate the fucking... The thing that people do, they go, Oh, well, ex-soldiers, British soldiers are fucking suffering whilst all these immigrants are living in our houses. Homie, nobody should suffer. Stop fucking making it a pain Olympics. The world's yes. in pain. You could just be more kind. I guess, Tom, the, the answer to your point with not charging more than, than the mortgage payment, my, my initial thought was, but then what's the incentive for a landlord to do it? And I guess That's that is the point, isn't it? Yes, that is 100% the point. It's like, huh. It's no helped towards it. somebody else's home. Yeah, I, I feel as though, like, somebody should do it if they don't need it. And then, therefore, that person living there contributes towards paying off the mortgage. And I believe that that should happen. Right, because you still own the house. Yeah, exactly. So they should contribute towards it, but they should never be paying the full amount because at that point it should be just as easy for them to go and buy a house, and it's not. That's the point. It's like, why is you know I could go and buy a house 
in Lincolnshire and the rent could be, you know, somewhere around 600, sorry, the mortgage payments could be somewhere around 600 or 700 pounds a month. But then you can pay more than that just to rent exactly the same building down the same street. That's wrong. That's wrong. You, that shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be able to pay off somebody's mortgage for them because at that point you should be able to just pay off your own mortgage. And your history the bank will go out of its way too to tell you, hey, you can't afford a three hundred and fifty pound a month mortgage. You can't afford it. But then I will tell them, hey, I've been paying five hundred pound a month for the last two years on this yeah. place's rent, and I've never missed a payment ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a very fair point. Exactly, and, and that, just that rent is the more lower than the mortgage would be. Fucking dunked on by people. Well, I think that we've had a very good conversation there, and Alex. Um, this is definitely not to patronise you, by the way, at all. So please don't take it that way. But I think that when okay. when people have opposing opinions, it, this isn't to necessarily say that Ashley and I are point blank correct and you are point blank wrong because there are grey areas mm. with it, within everything. Everything but is it, nuance. But it's nice to know that we've just had a conversation and you've sort of like not done a 180 necessarily, but... Your eyes are open no, to the way no, we no, look no. at I, it. I stand, I stand by my point, but yeah, I totally understand there is another side of the coin, and I, I mm. appreciate you opening my eyes. Cool. Well, well that's good. Is we can all learn from each other, and you can agree to disagree on some things. You know what I mean? Things like this, where the us three aren't going to have any great deal. Uh, we're not going to affect great change in the rent versus fucking mortgage debate. So mm. it's healthy to just have the conversation and learn from each other and pick apart the views. Because that will also filter down to children. That will filter down to children. You know, we might not impact anything right here, right now, or in the next 10, 15, 20 years. But the hope is, is that if those opinions that we have that essentially mean that, you know, people are cared for and people have empathy, you would hope that that will filter down to the next generation. And the next generation will be more empathetic towards needs than our generation or the previous generations and then hopefully that will affect change in the future as opposed to us directly protesting. I will never protesting. have anything negative to say about society becoming more advanced, moving forward, becoming more accepting, challenging the ways things have been for since the dawn of time on the basis that that's just the way things are. Mm. I love that. I do just love that. Yeah. So, yeah. I cool. welcome these conversations. Good. Change awesome. Comes. Not from the barrel of a gun. Uh, change comes from people being able to have these conversations. And you see it a lot in the left and the right. They have these huge debates and they just scream at each other. And it's like, you're wrong, homie. People, people will be different. And if you can sit down and have the conversation and you can tell somebody, hey, this is, this is how I feel about it. Okay, well, this is how I feel about it. And then, okay, well, here's why. Rather yeah, than exactly. going straight to being like, oh, well, you're a snowflake. Ah, oh, you're a fucking right wing. You're oh, Hitler. Rah, rah. It's like, whoa, let's just have the conversations. And I think this polarizing world we live in makes it very difficult for anybody on any part of the spectrum, like politically, to have that conversation without feeling like they're being attacked. Yeah. Let this be a message to people that you can be, you can be wrong and have the wrong opinions. You can be right and have the right opinions, but that's just what they are. It all comes with context. There are no right or wrong opinions until you can back them up and make them You can even facts. be poor if that's what you want to do. Yeah. God, stop being homeless. <laughs> just get a house. <laughs> just do it. And anyway, on that note, 
Ashley, even though you really, really poorly planned your segment, but it actually charged. turned out to be a really nice... That's what this all came from. Yeah, but, but you know what? In a nice way. In a good way. In a good way. It ended up being a very nice conversation, but I am now those. So I, I defer to the expert. Welcome. Tommy, Tommy Hutchinson. Thanks. What you got for us Thanks. today, bud? What I wanted to do... Um, I've spent the last, like, two weeks um, gorging myself, as it were on lots and lots of sort of apocalypse-style media, mostly Ooh. relating to sort of zombie oh, You've been watching the news again. Um, uh, but, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's all doom and gloom, guys. Um, no, I um, I basically, I watched um, that straight-to-streaming blockbuster uh, Love and Monsters that's Ooh, on Netflix. Is any good? Uh, starring Hot... Hollywood hunk Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, do you know what? It was actually all right, but it got me very, very hungry for the the good part, the good four seasons of, of The Walking Dead. So I've been watching that as well. And also a few weeks before, I started watching that um, Love, Death and Robots as well, which is sort of like a, for anybody who's not aware, it's sort of a, a beautiful collection of short films um, mostly apocalypse-based, which is weird, but they're all really lovely and they're all really fantastic. And it got me thinking about, number one, you know, we've just been through a pandemic and you could argue that zombie apocalypse is, a, in a way, akin to that, just really, really I'd fucking bad I'd be really grateful ones. for a zombie um, apocalypse. That would be lovely. At least we could hang out. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be great right now. Um, but it got me thinking about, I suppose, number one, how the UK would cope with an actual zombie Ooh. apocalypse, but then two, the three of us, how we would deal with, an, a zombie, with a zombie apocalypse, what we would do, how we would stay alive, things like that. Um, and I wanted to kick it off with, uh, I used to live alongside uh, a, a main road, my, my sort of family home. I don't live there anymore, uh, but my first port of call would be go back to that house, hope that the, the current inhabitants have left to maybe find refuge and uh, all of the gardens are walled. You know, it, it's all, it's all very, it, it very does, well enclosed. Your old house so. does have fortress vibes. So just, just to clarify the yeah, premise, exactly. you, you want us to help you, well, work together. How would we work together to survive a zombie apocalypse specifically? specifically a zombie apocalypse okay. i mean i, can, you I know. can tick one box straight away ashley would be out he would be foraging for weaponry uh handheld armaments and you know, guns if he could find mm -hmm. them and he'd be out having a wonderful time doing explosions at zombos i think i would be surviving pretty well don't want to brag this is the interesting part though so when you watch like sort of zombie apocalypse movies though Usually guns and weapons are very, very freely available because they take place in America mm. where their laws around guns and weapons are yeah. fucked. You make an interesting so, point. Um, well, guns guns in a zombie apocalypse are overrated. You don't want noise. You, like, you want a bow and arrow. You want. A, I, I wouldn't okay. even go so far as a bow and arrow or a crossbow because a crossbow makes a noticeable... Whenever you see a crossbow in a movie, you don't hear the clatter, the thunk of it firing. You always hear like a dull, silenced edited thunk thwip, like and it's like a crossbow is a clunky piece of equipment uh well when the zombie apocalypse hits i'll head straight to the nearest farm and i'll go rummaging around in drawers for the farmer's shotgun and actually when you've snapped your string mm -hmm. and your bow and arrow you're more than welcome to come groveling for my help and i will perhaps <laughs> lend you a shell or two and we can shotgun away together doesn't matter if the zombies know where we are provided we have lots of guns 
But you're always going to bring more mm, zombies. Mm. You can all have some. You can have some. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Welcome, zombies. I have lots of shotgun for you. To you want to be as you. quiet as possible. I would. I would have a spear or a haster or click, click, a halberd. No noise. Just a quiet jab. Keep them at a distance. Do you know whenever you see with what, them with a sword? That, one? A halberd. From the office. Yeah, he's good. No. <laughs> uh, think of it like a spear <laughs> no, with an axe head no. as well. It'd be perfect. Yes. You want to crack some skulls? You want to keep some distance between you and the zombos? I would, I would bet that the yeah, surviving range. unit, of, if you were to gather every military in, in history and have them go survive in a zombie apocalypse, I would bet that spearmen, the Roman-style phalanx spearmen, would be the gnarliest people because you have no bodily contact with them. They have spears and shields. That's what I would revert to. I would have mm. one, me, you, and Tom. I tell you what's going to be better than a spear, though. Is it a gun? It's Big Al's farm. Welcome, everybody. Click, click, bow. You can't reach me with your spear because <laughs> I've already made your eventually. head lots of little bits. No, Ashley. But you see, that's the thing. Yeah, you are going to run out of ammo. I'm on a farm. I'll grow some more. Have you ever tried to make shotgun? <laughs> Sorry, uh, for those listening, this is all hypothetical. Um, it's quite difficult to make ammo in the UK, to make anything that... that... No, shotgun, shotgun's really easy. What you get, you get the... You get the film canister from a 35mm roll of, of, of like camera film. You start with that. So I've heard. And, and, then you, and then you fill it with uh, the dust that settles at the bottom of a bag of Weetabix. Oh shit, he's right. Um, on top of that, just a smidge of olive oil. This is the mildest anarchist composition. <laughs> and then you pop that in shotgun, then you make zombies be dead. Again, properly this time. <laughs> I did it right. Don't worry, everybody. I used the Weeto gun. Who do, who do we think, <laughs> out of us three, so let's say there's three roles, yeah, uh, somebody survives all the way to the end, somebody gets killed right away, uh-huh. uh, and then somebody that like lies about being bitten, because there's always fucking one. Oh, somebody I, out there is an asshole. I died straight away. Did you hear, did you hear about the bit I just said about doing Weetabix? Weetabix I'd, I'd be gone immediately. <laughs> <laughs> The mushy cereal gun, yes, yeah, no, that would just, yeah, you would be gone. He would before be even the zombies turn up, he actually trips over trying to get up the ladder in excitement to fire his new shotgun rounds. Uh, yeah, just trips and shoots himself. Yeah. I think Tom's got the best chance, you know. He's very to- Tom is fast. Oh. You've got big ideas, Ashley. You know about survival and stuff. But I do think you would fall in love. You would find your your zombie sweetheart, uh, and you would be stricken. <laughs> I don't want to be stricken. I don't want to die. I, will be. There's I no think... resistance. Just Ashley, let me tell you about her. Okay, we'll we'll start from the feet up. The feet, a little bit gammy, but don't worry. Her Birkenstocks help hide it. On her, mm, her the legs, the leg decaying, the leg bits. No, no, the leg bits are lovely. In fact, so sculpted, so oh, okay. toned. Okay. Um, she's actually she's um. She works in partnership with Gymshark, so she's got some real sculpted, <laughs> some lovely leggings. Okay. Um, so Birkenstocks and leggings. Already, this isn't working out. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing granny shoes and sports leggings. I'm, I'm hesitant. Up top, Ashley. I know you've got a sweet spot, so- sweet spot for the Parker coat. I love a Parker. He's not wrong. And oh my god, her beard is lovely. By the way, it's a nuclear zombie that <laughs> everybody has transformed. Wait, she's so Optimus I, Prime I be as well, by the way. She's well. Optimus Prime as well. Did <laughs> I mention she's a truck? She's you know a robot what? in disguise. Ashley, what Guys. have I got to do to make her fall in love with you? 
<laughs> You're gonna have yeah. to teach her the compassion of humans because she's a robot in disguise as a robot slash lorry. <laughs> How are we on Optimus Prime and the Transformers from Cybertron and not Zombie Apocalypse? Well, it's both. It's, I mean, it's, if, it's... if Optimus is free, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's helping us he can fight pop the on over. Do I survive because I fall in love with Optimus Prime or not? No, you lie to Tom, who does survive all the way to the end, because you got bitten by your darling sweetheart, park your coat, gym shark leggings, Birkenstock wearing Optimus Prime sexy wife lady, and you you were killed by her. She oh. does she well. <laughs> she does do the yeah, gets you. I died doing what I loved, being bitten by big lorries. Uh, any lorry listeners? <laughs> My address is. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's pivot to where we think like the like what the best tactics would be, and I'll throw one out yeah. there straight okay. away. Duct tape. I mean, what duct for? tape? Just duct taping everything, mm-hmm. and I mean like every item of clothing covered in duct tape. If you want to leave the hut house wherever you're living and you're going to get in contact with zombies just have duct tape everywhere covering skin how how, how are, are they going to bite through that it's going to be like a really annoying piñata here's an interesting <laughs> one for you um because like i don't know i'm i'm right this is going to be a bit of a surprise to the two of you and definitely our studio audience I ain't watched many films, mm-hmm. so I don't really know what goes on in them. But by the sounds of things, people yeah, seem to have true. forgotten about cars. What's, what zombies well, bite you yeah, through a fortress? What, what makes you think that there's going to be uh, no traffic? As as central Every, if everybody died and abandoned their cars on the road, how are you going to drive through it? Yeah. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Just fucking get in one, lock the doors. What are you going to do, zombies? But you're going to starve to death eventually. They're zombies. They don't get tired. They're, they're not, he's not going to get bored of seeing his well, food in a car. Well, I'll, I'll make sure that the car I get into that's broken down is in the McDonald's drive-thru and me and Ronald can get through it together. Ronald's <laughs> going to be a zombie first. Have you ever seen clowns, mate? Clowns are extra susceptible to zombie oh, attacks. Oh, God. But Ronald is dedicated to his job, so although he is a zombie, he will also give you the best fast food in the world. And he can't chase you because he's got shoes that are too big. What I think the answer is going to be to climb up a tree um, and just hang out. <laughs> Just be with be, a bow be and arrow. Not even with a bow and arrow. You want to just I want I want to avoid conflict at all costs. I would go to the lake districts. Um, I would take my van okay. and a canoe, and then I would go and live on an island in the middle of the lake district because there are four, and I really like them. I saw them when I went this weekend. I would go and camp on one of these Guys, islands. I figured it out. I've solved. I've solved the episode. Go ahead. The three of us get in mm-hmm. one of Ashley Goodcar's famed automobiles. Yep. Famous for their safety and comfort. Very true. No one's breaking through mm-hmm. an oak tree. When have uh. you ever seen us? <laughs> anybody punch through an oak tree? It's not going to happen. We will be safe in there. We will drive from town to town. We will break in and squat inside properties owned by people. We will solve not only Ashley Goodcar's sales for the, that financial quarter. We will de-establish the landlord system. Because any landlord, mm-hmm. they're going to be frightened that we're going to go in with my Wito shotgun. And I don't know, we may lose a couple of deposits, but we'll be safe. Constantly moving. Okay. Constant okay. Constantly moving. I think oh, I agree. Also, I forgot, constant, I forgot to mention moving. Optimus Prime is there again. He stayed with us. He likes me. <laughs> 
but we're always on the run from Megatron. We always <laughs> I got thought to get Optimus Prime killed me pretty early on. Oh yeah, we liked him for it. Yeah, you, but that doesn't kept, mean we don't like him. You kept him. banging on about bow and arrows. Honestly, though, <laughs> guns in zombie movies. Every time you like fire a gun, they're like, "Oh, I've got, I've got ten shots left. There's a zombie. I'll just use my gun." And then it's like, "Oh, great! Now there's thirty zombies, and I've got nine shots left." And it's like, "Homie, you better save yourself a bullet and just kill yourself." That's just poor planning. Like, if that okay. was me, what I would have done is probably taken more, bu- more bullets for my gun. Just yeah, I would I would have had infinite bullets. I'd, That's I'd, the way to solve that. I'd have that, put right? my jeans on. I'd, I'd have put my big pocket jeans on, so I'd have had lots of room. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that that's how it's going to pan out. I think you're going to run out of ammo, you're going to get eaten, and then I'm going to have to put you out of your misery. But, you know, like, you'll be like, I love you, it's been good knowing you, and then I'll be like, you too. And then when I think you're, like, all the way zombified, I'll be like, die, motherfucker! And you'll be like, no, I'm still here. And then what will happen <laughs> is the fog will clear, Ashley, and you'll be able to see my dying form, and the camera, it'll pan up. And you'll see the forest's floor with its broken leaves and twigs decorated with the flecks of my blood. And then you'll see my Birkenstocks. And it was you the whole time. <laughs> to be continued. I'd like to admit something. I don't know. I don't know what a Birkenstock is. I don't know what one of those it's is. like what, a shoe, okay. but for a vegan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, now that, now that we have, in Alex's words solved the zombie apocalypse no i said solve the podcast i just want to wrap up well, oh solve the we podcast all survived right well from me episode and over then to wear some birkenstocks and and you both survived being eaten by zombies i think that's a win-win-win and i <laughs> finally got to die um <laughs> <laughs> um to close off my segment um i also want to do one other quick thing oh, okay. i came up with a game, game. Something of a, a recurring seg- segment, if it goes well. Okay. I'll describe it very briefly. The game's called Top 100. Ooh. Right? It's based on the fact, as you said, Alex, that you know nothing about movies. Oh. You know no movies. I don't think so I'm going to like this game, Tom. The... Already it sounds like I'm going to no, be it's gonna a be victim fun. of something. It's going to be fun for everyone but you, but it's going to make for good radio. So... I've got the IMDb top 100 list right here. I'm going to ask you to pick a number between 1 and 100. And, yeah, you then got to just give me the plot synopsis. I might give you... What? Um, if, if, even if I've not seen it? I've... Yeah, no, but that's specifically the idea that you haven't seen oh. said movie. Well, yet. unless it's Back to the Future, I guarantee he's not seen it. Like, I guarantee it. I can do Back to the Future backwards exactly. if you want. I've, I've done that one a lot. Yeah, many a time. But, yeah, so, I mean, Ash... Um, you can obviously maybe give a few context clues, maybe some of the actors that are in it, if that will even help Alex that much. Um, but yeah, maybe we could just wrap up with that to close off the show. Game on. Okay. So I, I am now to pick a number between 1 and 100. You're going to tell me the corresponding movie off the IMDb's top 100 list, and then I've got to tell you what happens in the movie. Yeah, you've got to give me a brief synopsis okay. of the movie, and if you want some help, if you want some support, I could give you a, a review from okay. that I, as well. In which case, number 17, please. 17. Let's go. That movie is Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back ah, from 1980. Good. Yes. Um, perfect. So... Of course, Star Wars is in space. Yep. It stars... Yep. Um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart's in it. 
and she looks lovely. That's um, and <laughs> Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, but he's not, he's playing Neil Patrick Harris. Um, and essentially the plot is Neil, um, he was walking through the city streets of London. He was on his way back from an audition. Okay. He was walking through London uh, okay. and he saw an advertisement for London's tastiest sandwich. And he popped in um, and he opened the door and the, the bell cringled as he did it. Ding, 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 ding. And he walked in, took the first step in to the best sandwich shop in London and fell through a portal, guys. Can you believe it? No one could. This is painful, I, no, I like yeah, carry it. on. I think this is better than the original. Okay. And then what what happened after that was then he was on the moon and Kristen Stewart, who had also been in the audition with him, was like, ah, oh, friggin' heck. Neil fell for the sandwich trick again. Same thing <laughs> happened to <laughs> Adam Sandler last week. Uh, these Not the fucking sandwich trick. <laughs> they goofed him up with the sandwich trick. They got another one. Gets him every Dang time. They don't got, and got. Then what, what happens is what we next, the next scene is, um, so Kristen Stewart all the way up to this point she's you know shy and timid as you'd expect her to be um but then like mm-hmm. the lighting changes and it, and it becomes dark and gloomy oh, and shit. it narrows in on like a, it's just a letterbox view of her eyes and then when it pans out again she's just in all leather all the way down all the way black and she's got her uh, light sword yeah light sword. she's got a light yeah, sword a light and sword. she uh, and she's ready yeah. to recover neil from the moon the moon place she's in um and then right. it, it's a, it, after this point like so far it, it's kind of got rom-com vibes but it's that point that the movie just totally switches um and then mm-hmm. there are fights big fights yeah um darth vader is there um <laughs> that's his name darth that's the one, do that one. I, vader. he's there and what he's not <laughs> happy about is well they're trying to get him out of the sandwich moon. Which is is this like. pre-asthmatic to be Darth there. Vader or post-asthmatic Darth Vader? What does that mean? Well, is it like a man okay. without a hat on yeah. when he's just a person? Or is it like a man without I mean, a hat? I can, I can give you a run-through of one of the scenes if you want. Yeah, please. <sighs> Neil. Neil, please. take Neil, take this d- light sword. Oh, d- 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 do her vagina off. Let's go. <laughs> hey Neil, it's me, Darth Vader. You you get back to the the moon sandwich. <laughs> you and then they and then what happens is they do a war. Ah, oh, right. the star there's the there. fucking okay, there's so no, war. Hang on, actually, no, 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 no. Hang on, the stars are in the war. Oh right, ah right, right okay. okay. All the stars, sense. right? The stars are fighting, and that one that's just the first installment. Oh shit! So. Oh, right. So th- this movie, Empire Strikes Back, is split up into different parts. Yep. And that's the fourth one. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. I've right. never seen Star Wars. Um, I appreciate that probably it's probably about a conflict. And I'm pretty sure it happens in space. And there are spaceships. And there's a mm-hmm. big robot and a shiny robot. And a li- little one that says bleep bloop. But outside of that, yeah, no, that I don't have a plot. <laughs> so just just through sort of like um, pop culture osmosis, yeah. that's as much of as you you've absorbed. That, that's what of that's Star what's Wars. gotten through the barrier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, would you like the actual More than synopsis? anything in the world? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. After the rebels are brutally overpowered by the Empire on the ice planet Hoth. 
Luke Skywalker begins Jedi training with Yoda, whilst his friends are pursued by Darth Vader and a bounty hunter named Boba Fett all over the galaxy. Perfect. And, and so, what did I say again? Yeah. You basically, that, basically. That thing, you nailed it. Fucking it. it was pretty incredible. I reskinned it. Yeah, and yeah. you did better, better, better job casting, because now it's got Kristen Stewart in it, so... And that's just a lovely time. Kristen Stewart, if you're listening, you're welcome as a guest. We want to hear you talk all about how you were in Star Wars. That would be please, fantastic. Kristen Stewart, please be a guest. But don't don't go to Alex's house <laughs> Kristen, for the hosting. Please, <laughs> Kristen, please. Don't. Kristen, please don't, don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, In-face recording session. It's Kristen Stewart and Alex's wife. <laughs> Why are they holding hands? Upset. Nobody knows. <laughs> Alex, why are you under the table? What's going on? What is that supposed to insinuate? I'm doing to Kristen Stewart, you sick fuck. Your wife is a respected guest on, our, you tell on me? our podcast, and you will treat her better than that. What would you be doing under the table if if Kristen Stewart was there? That's the fucking question. Crying, I, w- I wouldn't know what to oh, do. <laughs> <laughs> How would you look at her? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, precisely. It would be like looking into the eye of God. You just simply couldn't. I would combust. And in that moment, he oh. was unable to could. <laughs> oh, I've gone all giddy now. Oh. Is that the podcast? But that's the end of my segment. That's the podcast. I think that's the podcast, we, yeah. Are we going to one? You're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us for the inaugural episode of the 33% Majority, uh, where you have found three friends and we have fought for our 15 minutes of fame. I've been your real host, Alex Springthorpe. I think you'll find Alex was not the real host. It was me the whole time, Ashley Hall. Yet I, Tom Hutchinson, was always the real host. It's been absolutely delightful. Delightfully, absolutely. Absolutely delightful. It's been absolutely delightful. Delightful. It's been a delightful time. What a delight. Absolutely delightful. It's been delightful. It's been a delightful time. All right, then, bye. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 